putting fake money where their big mouths are. Money talks, then a game that I pick. Believe me, it's a winner. What I know could get you rich, because all I pick is winners. Money talks. Mackie and Judd are picking games for this weekend against the spread. Are they pros or Joes? Let's find out. Mackie and Judd live from Radio Row, Mall of America. We got a bunch of stuff going on this hour. Devin Hester in about a half hour. Uh, we're expected to be joined by Case Keenum sometime here very shortly, but let's get right to it. We've been doing this all year for several years. He's one of our favorite guests, Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast. Todd, are you with us? I am indeed with you guys, and I feel like when it comes to Radio Row and all the media personalities that are flooding to your fine city, you guys are best equipped to deal with the single degree temperatures unlike everybody else. Yes, it's, uh, well, it wasn't so bad a couple days ago when it was like 30 degrees, and then all of a sudden yesterday people got out of bed, walked out of their hotel rooms, and got a blast of minus 22 wind chill, and I think that puts to bed the idea of a regular Super Bowl appearance in Minneapolis, but that's okay. Once every 26 years is probably good enough. That's what I was going to say. You guys got a taste of the good life and what it is, and I won't even tell you when I look at the forecast for Las Vegas, where I think we'll get a Super Bowl maybe by 2023 to 2025. 75 degrees and not a cloud in the sky, probably a much more conducive atmosphere for folks partaking in some of the festivities that surround the pageantry of the big game. Exactly. So we're going to do it backwards this week. We're going to get right to the game and our picks and your thoughts, and then we'll get into some of the fun prop bet stuff, and uh, it's possible Case Keenum is going to join or interrupt or whatever it may be. So let's just get right to it. New England is a four-and-a-half-point favorite in the Super Bowl over Philadelphia. The standings are we doubled the points in the standings, and this game is going to be worth four points for us. So I'm at 8-8-2. Eight, eight, and two. We all went 0-6 or 0-2 last week. So 8-8-2. Eight, eight, and two. Dave is 6-10-2, and two, and Judd at 4-12-2 basically is out for the playoffs. But he won the regular season. I don't have anything scientific behind this other than I'm going to go with Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl by more than four and a half. Uh-huh. Well, I do have science behind mine. It's the science of mathematics. Tom Brady doesn't win Super Bowls by more than six points. So you're basically given a point and a half there between four and a half and six that he is going to win this game. I beg to differ. I'm taking the team with the better offensive line. I'm taking the team with the better defensive line. And hopefully with a quarterback that might not be as good as he was in the NFC Championship game, but good enough not to screw it up, Eagles, E-A-G-L-E-S. Fly, Eagles, fly. And what will be the swan song for Belichick and Brady as a duo? New England will win 24-17 to and will cover <laughs> the spread, and Belichick will ride off into the sunset, and Brady will stick around to try and do it again without him. All right, Todd. This game has been interesting, gents, because we talked about numbers and what the point spread tells you. So this number, when we had talked going into championship weekend, if New England had been matched up with Philadelphia, you'd be looking at the market in that 6.5-7 range. Well, New England kind of struggled at least for the better part of three quarters to dispatch Jacksonville 24-20. The Eagles, unfortunately, at the expense of your beloved Vikings, look like the greatest thing since sliced bread, moving the football up and down the field, rattling off 38 straight points. And what you have here is a scenario where the public remembers what they've seen last, and that's Philadelphia looking like world beaters, cementing their number one status as the NFC leading team coming out of that particular side. So the numbers come down to four and a half. You've seen professional money on the underdog. Professional bettors that want to back New England, though, they're not going to look to lay the points. They're going to wait this game out as long as they can to try and find a cheap, affordable money line uh, on the Patriots. And the 
optimal scenario for the sports books would actually be New England winning the game and not covering because recreational bettors in a game of this magnitude, they want to put up a little bit to make a lot. So they're betting Philadelphia on the money line. They'll bet New England laying the points. So the Patriots buy a field goal. You'll be able to hear a collective shout from bookmakers in Nevada all the way up there in the Twin Cities if that's the particular result. Right on. Hey, uh, Kirk Cousins is a free agent. Do you have any uh, any initial odds on teams and landing spots that are most likely to uh, to bring him in? Yeah, funny uh, you should ask about that. Uh, the Denver Broncos actually opened as the odds-on favorite to acquire his services. Uh, that number has actually come down from 9 to 5 where it opened all the way down to plus 150. If you look at some of the other teams on the board, the Jets listed as the second favorite at betonline.ag, a shade better than 2-1. to one. Then you have a trio of teams in that 6-7-1 to seven and one range with the Jaguars, Browns, and Arizona Cardinals. And oh, by the way, the Minnesota Vikings happen to make that list at 15-1. to one. But I'll okay, go one step further and we talk about star potential. LeBron James listed at 12-1 to 1 to become a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves going into the 2018-2019 at BetOnline.ag. Really? So if you had to try spot. and figure out which of those big names you want, no knock on Kirk Cousins, I'd imagine they'd welcome LeBron with open arms to the Target Center faster than they'd roll out the red carpet for Kirk Cousins. little sign and trade, send Wiggins back to, uh, back to Cleveland. He yeah. can't beat Jimmy Butler, right? Can't beat him, join him. Just join, join him, baby. Him, yeah. yep, yep. Become teammates. Uh, so, Todd, what, what are your favorite... Uh, uh, prop bet or prop bets for Sunday's game? Uh, for me, I've actually bet J.H.I. over one and a half receptions. Was able to get a pretty good price out here. Tom Brady completions. We've seen New England's blueprint in the past. The biggest games, TB12 has the ball in his hands plenty of times. Uh, I like his completions to come in over 26, which should be widely available. And then I did what I said I wasn't going to do. I dabbled into some of the entertainment realm. Yes. Had a little bit of intel sneak into uh, you know, my wheelhouse. And I think that Justin Timberlake will open up his set with Filthy at halftime. That actually opened at 5-1. to one. They've seen such a regular betting that that prop is no longer on the board. And I just received a text message from some of my friends saying that they've taken sharp money on the national anthem going over two minutes. So I expect the three of you to head over to U.S. Bank Stadium or wherever the rehearsals are going on, confirm or deny some of these rumors, and I'll cut you in on a fair rate, maybe 25 30% any of their entertainment props uh, that we can already can you, put in the bank before they take place. Do you have any intel, uh, intel on whether Justin Timberlake covers a Prince song? Uh, that number has come down. The yes-no is very intriguing. I think if he's in Minneapolis, he's got to cover a Prince song. Uh, and when you look at some of the options that it may actually be, the one that's getting unusual activity, I would die for you. Opened as a 50 to 1 long shot. That number all the way down to 6 to 1. So, be interesting to try and see what that takes there. Customers betting this from California and Utah, one of my sports books contacts told me. Wow. So, it's always fun to see where some of these bets originate from. Uh, where information should be perfect and allow you to get an edge over the bookmaker. Uh, we have a segment on Fridays called Write That Down where we make predictions and then we hold each other accountable. We keep track of our batting averages and our predictions. And so I threw this Super Bowl prop bet parlay out, Todd. I need your evaluation. Uh, it's a, it's a two-item parlay. What color will the Gatorade or the, or the liquid be that gets poured on the winning coach's head? I'm going red. And who will the Super Bowl MVP mention first when he thanks people? And I put teammates, not God first, but teammates. So red and teammates. Your thoughts? Uh, team, teammates I like quite a bit because I'm of the mindset that New England wins this game and that 
Tom Brady will be the MVP, so I think he'll uh, thank his teammates. That'll get you about 2-1 to one individually without the parlay action. But because I think the Patriots win, and we know the impact of the Tom Brady lifestyle, Alex Guerrero, what have you, I think clear and liquid at 4.5-1 to one makes an intriguing wager if we're talking about what's going to be dumped on the winning head coach. Keep in mind, though, last year nothing, nothing paid out because of the walk-off touchdown. There was nothing ending up on Bill Belichick. Yeah, interesting. Odds that Bill is head coach of the Patriots on opening day 2018 season, Todd Furman. Uh, th- those numbers actually open right around a $5 favorite. Got bet up as high as 1 to 30. I'm of a different mindset. If you're willing to give me 12 to 1, 15 to 1, somewhere along those lines, uh, I take a little bit of a dog price. I think there are a few wrinkles there, and we have not seen the end of the rift uh, between Tom Brady, Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick. Yeah, did you did you watch uh, the two bills at all this week last you night? You know what? Did not did not have a chance. Uh, I've been mired in prop hell trying to uncover any <laughs> angles of the game. So of it's on the DVR. Probably be the first thing I watch Sunday night after the game's over. Oh man! And then real quick, what are some uh, what are some other things? Well, well, two things. Number one, what are some other things that you would you would recommend people focus on from a betting standpoint? And what can people find on the Bet the Board podcast and platforms in the next couple days? Well, from a betting standpoint, I think live wagering provides all sorts of opportunities. I actually think there's going to be more points than what we see for the total at 48 but we've seen a history of the Patriots starting slow so if that's the case you may have an opportunity to go over much more advantageous numbers 43 and a half 44 so to speak uh, and we had a star-studded edition on our Super Bowl spectacular Dean Blandino formerly the NFL now a Fox to break down all the officiating props we nice. welcomed in Field Yates from ESPN who offered a surprising score prediction on the big game and talked about some of the Patriots mentality along with the Alex Smith trade implications, and Jeff Freeman of the American Gaming Association uh, to share how big an event this really is in this fine country and exactly what the meaning of that 1% proposed integrity tax from the NBA could do to debilitate some of the legalization and regulatory efforts. Right on. Well, Todd, hey, we always enjoy every Friday during football season, and your insight is unmatched. And we thank you again, my friend. Thanks, Todd. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Stay warm up there and enjoy the big game on Sunday. All right. That's Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast. He's been a guest on this show for four seasons now. Yep. Helping us with our NFL picks. Prop hell. Fun. I like that phrase. <laughs> I'm in prop hell going through every possible prop I can do. It is hilarious. Uh, it is funny how, and he's not joking, like he's looking for insight if he has a like a Justin Timberlake The best was the officiating guy. props. Yeah. All, all the officiating bets with yeah. Gene Steratore and his crew that well, they're going to have. What was the one? I mean, some of these are obviously they cap the amount you can bet because they're influenced. Like they had one a year or two ago. Uh, would Joe, Joe Buck. Buck have a beard? Yeah. Yes. Right? So obviously, like, you can't bet seven figures on that because Joe Buck would have influence. Hey, right. Joe, I'll give you 200 grand if you shave your beard, right? So he, he said he had intel on what? Todd said I, on I had intel. Uh, or on uh, Justin right. Timberlake's opening song. So he, you see? They took it off the board on some on some sports. He's working his sources. Yeah, there's a couple like one of the one. Of, I think I think the uh, the Tom Brady. How many times will his age be mentioned on the broadcast? Like yeah. the actual football play-by-play broadcast. Yep. And I think the over/under is now one and a half. So will it be? If you're Al, do, do you play that? Oh, if I'm Al, if, I'm. If you're I'm Al and you see that, all these things. no, right? Oh, so 100%. you're like, if I'm Hell Al Michaels, yeah. I'm like, absolutely. I, yeah, I'll yes. take that one. Tom Brady is. 40 years old. Did I mention that Tom Brady's 40 years old? <laughs> and by the way, the 40-year-old Tom Brady just took the field. But I think when we had Brandon Lang on a couple days ago, I think he nailed it. When when the number was maybe three and a half or four and a half early in the week, you're not gonna you're gonna say it a couple times and then you're gonna back off. You're not gonna make it a thing for the entire night. So, but one and a half, I don't know, one and a half, I might take the over on that. 
I might take the over. Once at the beginning of the game and then once at the end. And he's still 40 years old. Yes. All right, let's come back here. We're going to be joined uh, for sure by Devin Hester in about 20 minutes, uh, possibly Case Keenum as people make their way through the madness that is Radio Row, Mall of America, and then later on the superstar Mike Morris will join the show. One thing we have to get into between now and 1 o'clock, Randy Moss, if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer this weekend, we riot, damn it. Oh, he should be a first you ballot blow up Hall the process then. Yes. Mackie and Judd back with more shortly. Ah, but first I'm going to take a guess. I'm going to take a guess at what I'm supposed to talk about next because that is, <laughs> if you're a football fan, my guess is you're here because it's about six people deep. But if you are a football fan and you're not here, I got one thing to tell you. Get out here right now. More than 65 exciting events taking place on every level and around every corner of the Mall of America this week. We are in full football glory right now. Uh, we've got the uh, Chase Pay and Best Buy out here. Best Buy store from noon to 2, where they'll be hosting a taping of a Super Bowl preview show. The show boasts an all-star crew, including Boomer and Mike Holmgren, and much, much more. We've got the Microsoft Store, Level 1 South End, 1 to 3 p.m. Join Microsoft for their official Madden 18 Community Series Finals featuring NFL superstars. That's not all. I'm not done. You, you can meet uh, National Football League legend, former Viking Pro Football Hall of Famer Randall McDaniel from 3 to 4 today at Macy's. While you are there, check out their special promotions and giveaways. And there's uh, an entire list here. So join us in the Mall of America. All right, Mackie and Judd back at Mall of America Radio Row where we get to steal five minutes of Case Keenum. This is a zoo out here, man. This is uh, this is something else with all kinds of Hall of Famers and celebrities crawling all over each other. Case, how you doing, man? I'm great. Good to see you. Yeah, good. we're all we're all here cozy, man. This is uh, it's nice. At least it's warm. At least we're indoors. Yeah, it, <laughs> exactly. it is kind of funny though. Like, it was 32 degrees a couple days ago, and people from out of town, oh, this isn't so bad. And then you wake up yesterday morning, walk out of your hotel room, and get blasted by negative 22 windshield and. Okay, yep, this is Minnesota. Yeah, we, Minnesota. we played uh, I, I get, uh, the NFC Championship game. was like 40 degrees, I think, and we were like, man, this is incredible mm -hmm. yeah. compared to what uh, what you deal with up here. I mean, that was like a nice nice spring day. Yeah, yeah. So th throughout the course of this year, Case, you were asked several times, have you reflected on the year? Have you thought about your success? And you kept saying, not till it's done. So n now that it's done, have you sat down and just thought about the journey that took you from you know signing as a backup in April to a 13 and three season? A little bit. Um, you know, it uh, it still really stings. You know how the season ended. Um, you know, and and slowly but surely, I'm I'm getting there, and I'm, um, you know, we're we're all realizing that uh, there's a lot of really cool moments that happened this year, a lot of cool things, stuff that uh, nobody can take away from us ever. Um, and uh, that's that's us as a team, that's us as fans, as uh, Vikings fans. So um, it was a great season. And uh, obviously didn't end the way we wanted it to, but uh, still we had, a, we had a blast and, uh, and, and did a lot of really good things. Yeah, what, what would you say is the, the single most – important ingredient for why this team was so good this year why you had so much success in the offense as a whole that's a great question man um you know honestly i think i can say it's just it's just the guys we had man um coaches and players included all respected one another um loved one another and, and really liked each other too yeah. um you know i think uh all that stuff uh you know builds trust builds chemistry and uh, when everybody wants to fight, everybody wants the same thing, and everybody's doing it together. Uh, you know, I think uh, that makes a big difference. Your thoughts? I mean, Pat Shermer's been an incredible offensive coordinator for a long time. Um, is it bittersweet for you to see him 
you know, go to this next phase in his career and get a head coaching job that he earned, but also, hey, he's also a big part of the success of the team in the offense. What are your thoughts? You know, on? it's it's sweet. It's all sweet. I, I know that in the NFL, every year the team is different, and I've been a part. This is going into my seventh year, which is crazy, but every year every team is different, coaching staffs and players. So for him to get an opportunity to be a head coach, I mean, heck, yeah, that's awesome. He's a great coach. He deserves it. He had a heck of a year. Um, he, he did really, 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 really well putting together game plans and, and presenting them to the offense and calling games, man. He did a great job. So uh, I, I know I got a lot of respect for him, and I know he's going to do really well uh, as a Giants head coach. Was there a point, Case, where when, when Mike w would go up to, you know, every week and be asked the question, okay, is Case th the guy? And every week he would sort of for a long time be like, well, he's playing well right now, but did you, did you ever say to yourself, can he just name me the starter for the rest of the season? You know, I didn't worry about it, man. Uh, it's Coach Zimmer's decision how he wanted to handle it. Um, you know, and for me, um, I don't even know if he announced me as a starter at NFC Championship week. You know, I think you guys just got tired of <laughs> asking the question. I think we just assumed question. it finally. <laughs> yeah, y'all guys stopped asking the question. So however you wanted to deal with it, that's, that's great. Um, you know, for me, um, there's a lot of outside noise, and I just I just kept my blinders on, man. Kept doing my job, kept, kept moving forward, and... Uh, you know, I think uh, I think it worked out. Yeah, is it is it cool to think about as we go back, like in thir when you're when you're an old dude in 30 or 40 <laughs> years, and you're watching old NFL films tapes that you're I mean you're going to be among you're going to be the starting quarterback who threw the pass on one of the most prominent plays on top 10 lists maybe for the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, pretty incredible. I, I honestly, that hasn't sunk in, and it will continue to sink in probably for the rest of my life. Um, you know, I, I wasn't able to enjoy that play that day. That uh, I mean, I did that you know that night with my friends and family that came into town. But I mean, we were trying to get you know get over it, you know, and move yeah. on to the next one. Um, and you could say there was some hangover or whatever it was. Uh, it was an emotional day. It was an emotional week. And uh, um, but I'm definitely going to enjoy it for the for the rest of my life. Something you can't ever take away from us. Yeah. Hey, have, have talked between you and the team begun yet, or what, what's your uh, prospect in, in your mind of being the starting quarterback? for the Vikings and potentially signing a long-term contract for 2018 and beyond? Yeah, I, you know, for me, uh, haven't looked forward, you know, too much yet. Um, you know, I've got great agents. they got great relationship with the Vikings. So when, when the Vikings, you know, whenever that starts, um, you know, I trust those guys to get the, the best, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, for, figure out the best situation for, for both parties, man, for, for myself and for them. Uh, we love Minnesota. We love it here. We love the season we had. Uh, we definitely feel like there's some unfinished business um, just with how things have ended. But uh, at the same time, we understand tough decisions have to be made, and so we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, I'm excited for the future. Uh, I'm excited, uh, you know, for myself and my family. I'm excited for the Vikings, and uh, I, think, uh, I think nothing but the best will be, you know, coming this offseason. Case, thank you yeah. for, uh, for the time today. Appreciate the appreciate time. Thanks, fans. Man. Thank you for the season. It was, a, it was a fun ride, man. It was a fun for us, too, man. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your uh, Super Bowl weekend here. Case Keenum, starting quarterback. Minnesota Vikings 13 and 3. Let's stay right here. Uh, we're going to get Devin Hester in about 10 minutes from now. Let's keep it right here. And I, Jarius Wright is wandering around somewhere. He's it's such he got a in. people. He got yeah, in. He was like trying to get in. So we might we might catch up with him here too. Yeah. But um, let's stay on this. You know, and, and Case is making the rounds here. And people on the radio can't really see this. He's one of the most first of all courteous, professional, nicest guys. He also looks tormented to be here. I mean, think about how close they got. To, to doing this, but in preparation for the Super Bowl. I hope he's and being he looks, paid he looks well sad, rightfully so. I hope he's being paid well. Yeah. This would be, if you got as close as the Vikings did, this would be torture. 
Oh my I God. mean, you're standing here. It's Eagles fans. And now it's, it's Vikings fans, too. I get that. But it's Eagles fans. They're absolutely raucous. And you were that close. That close. I do find it intriguing. So, and I, I don't know if, you know, talks have begun or not yet. I do find it intriguing, though, that we are, that he's coming off the year that he is. And we still have no idea what's going to happen with this team at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, we have no clue. And we all have our opinions and thoughts on that. I don't think he has a clue yet. Right. I agree. But, I mean, we all have our opinions and thoughts on that as well. But as far as the fact that you went 13-3, and it's really interesting that we can all sit here and pretty much agree that we don't know. We've got an idea about what how they might be leaning, yeah. but what they're thinking exactly remains very unclear. You know what? It's par for the course for this franchise in my lifetime anyways. I know the, the previous generation, you had Fran Tarkin for, for the better part of you know, 15, 20 years. Uh, but in my lifetime, I, I'm used to this. I, I'm trying to think, going back to 1990. So, so am I, basically, yeah. Right. Going back to 1990, how many times, can you count on even one hand, how many times you've known absolutely who the Vikings quarterback was going to be right after the season was over. Like, all right, season's over, and you know that this guy's going to be the quarterback. Dante Culpepper for like three years. Yeah. Warren, Warren Moon, Moon for like a year. Warren I mean, Moon. He was here for three years. Warren but, Moon for a check But he was there. 38, 39, 40 years old. Uh, Brad Johnson, we presume, going into, into 98, because if you recall, he was a starter, and when 98 opened, he got hurt in that first game, and that's when Cunningham came in. And Johnson even went came back from injury during the course of that season and started again, but probably less than a handful. I mean, Christian Ponder a couple I mean, times. For me, Tommy Kramer at times, but Wade Wilson started to challenge him. Yeah. Well, let me even let me take the, the question a step further. How many times since 1990 have you known who the quarterback was going to be right after the season ended and felt really good about it? Because then you'd probably take Brad Johnson off the board. Culpepper, you'd probably take Christian Ponder off the board. Culpepper at his height there for a yep. brief time period for sure. Because yep. that, 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 that 04 yeah. season was absolutely fantastic from him. Yeah, you're right. I mean, felt really good about it. Yeah. A few times. Maybe three. So this is I mean, normal. Kramer at one point maybe. This is normal. I mean, we kind of, every year you act like it's crisis mode and who's their quarterback going to be. And. The majority of the time, they figure out, like at least 50% of the time when there's questions in the air, they figure out a way to be viable at that position. They figure out a way to get Brett Favre in here or you know, squeeze a year out of Gus Farratt or... Or back you know, to Moon. Yeah, Warren Moon, whatever. I mean, this team employed Jim McMahon. Yeah. Jim McMahon played for these guys. Yeah, 1993. I know. It was a playoff team, right? Did they win a playoff game? I think in 1993. They, well they might have won have. a playoff game with Jim McMahon. They very well might have. Um, so I, I think it's par for the course. And so this is where it's conflicting. Yep. I root for Case Keenum. And I know people listening, well, you guys have been, you guys didn't jump on the bandwagon until late in the year and stuff. I root for him. I think he's an awesome guy. I think he has leadership qualities that a lot of more talented quarterbacks with maybe better arms or accuracy lack. Yes, and I think those are more important qualities than being able to throw a ball 75 yards on it. You know, I, I'll I'll take those qualities all day long, um, but I but I think it's still fair to say, I don't know, right. I don't know. I don't. I, we've seen a lot of guys pop up, have a great That's what year, I was say. and make a bunch of money, and then they come back to to backup status. It's, I think it's okay to say I don't know. It's not. Know. It's not an affront to case that that history says this doesn't work a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's basically it, right? Th this is not an anti-case thing. This is if you look at the history of guys who have been around his age and gotten a chance and popped up and been really good, there are a few examples of that was it, it clicked, and they were very good for the rest of their careers. 
There's more examples of that was it. And Phil, when you're talking about the money that you now have to invest in these guys, you can't just be like, give them the job. The investment's way too much, mm -hmm. way too much. Yeah. So that's why I think it's very fair to, to have the conversation that you aren't sure and that history says you can't be sure. Yeah. So we're hanging out here. It's Radio Row, Mackie and Judge, shoulder to shoulder, just packed with notable, recognizable figures from the football world, from the entertainment world. There's uh, there's Vikings figures walking around. Stefan Diggs was out here for two or three straight days. Just, uh, you know, I'm sure he's being paid handsomely to make the appearances, so it's not all doom and gloom if you're a Vikings player wandering around here. But uh, we thank Stefan Diggs earlier in the week. We thank Case Keenum. Let's come back and let's catch up with Devin Hester. I think, for my money, the greatest return man in the history of the NFL. Chris Cluey would agree with you. Yes. We'll talk to him when we come back. We got the superstar Mike Morris. We'll talk Randy Moss. Hall of Fame results coming out tomorrow. Mackie and Judd from Mall of America. Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN at Twin Cities in Motion's Hot Dash 5K and 10 Mile on Saturday, March 24th. Bring your Lumberjack best to this Minnesota-themed event that features a top 10 U.S. post-race beer garden, live DJ, photo booth, and activities for all ages, plus hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. Registration is now open, and all or, and all runners will receive a Storm Creek long-sleeve quarter-zip technical pullover. Details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. We're back at Radio Row. Mackie and Judd here at the Mall of America. 20 career return touchdowns, 21 if you count the playoffs. And for my money, the greatest return man in the history of the NFL. He's teamed up with Pizza Hut to offer America a chance to win free pizza. Devin Hester, welcome to the broadcast, What's going man. on? Appreciate Hello, you guys having me. So tell us, so you're uh, out of your own pocket. You're going to buy pizza for America, right? That's, uh, <laughs> I what? wish I could afford that. <laughs> so what's happening? But, uh, pretty much I'm joining um, Pizza Hut right now, and uh, it's a big thing going on with the fastest touchdown in NFL history, which I broke, which was 14 seconds. Yeah. So if you join Hut's Rewards, you have a chance. Anybody in America have a chance to win a free pizza if it's broken. Any touchdown within 14 seconds. So well, any, any, so any, any touchdown. Any, it don't have to go kick off a far turn. So any, any so if it's a touchback and then a pass touchdown that goes in the within, first 14 within seconds. Within 14 seconds, you get a free piece. Nice. Right on. But you have to join Hut's Reward. So get people go to pizzahut.com slash Hut Rewards to sign up before the kickoff right. to be eligible to uh, to win. Most definitely. So you used to destroy the Vikings and Chris Cluey. Man, <laughs> that must have been kind of fun for you, I suppose, huh? It was a little fun. <laughs> you were a nightmare. <laughs> and and they always told Cluey, all you all you need to do uh -huh. is angle it away from Hester. Right. There was one game at Soldier Field, I want to say 2008 or so, where you were so in Cluey's head that he shanked, if you recall, like two punts because uh -huh. he was trying to to angle it towards the sideline, which he which he was not great at. Right. And there were like two punts that went 35 yards yeah. because he was so focused on just making sure you didn't touch the it's football. A, that's a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> And you were a nightmare for him. What oh, did, yeah. So I know that so uh, Deion Sanders, you you sat down in your early career and sat down with Deion Sanders, one of the other great return men. Uh -huh. What did he teach you when you were a young player? He pretty much uh, just told me that, hey, man, you have to play with confidence. You play with confidence, it comes with your ability. If you if you don't have confidence in whatever you're doing, you're not going to succeed at it because you're not putting your, your, your full trust in it. So you have play, play with confidence and have fun. He said you, you already have the talent to go out here and do whatever you want to do. Now play confidence and have fun. Yeah. So do you do you think 
now that they've made it harder to return kicks, or at least a lot of guys have to take it now from eight yards deep in the end zone since they moved the kickoff spot up, right. do you like the fact that the NFL, I mean, I suppose for, it was a good time for you to be in the league because it was easier to return more kicks, but right. what do you think about the NFL making it harder to return kicks now? Man, I know it's, it's hate is a bad word, but I hate the rule. You know, um, it's just taking the fun out of the game. You know, you have people that come to football games just to watch kickoff and punt return. I mean, that to me is one of the most exciting plays in football period when you see a guy take a punt back with a close game especially when it's a close game and you see a guy take a punt out kickoff back that's a game changer man and, yep. and by you doing that you taking the fun out of football yeah punt or, or kick returns more fun for you personally which one did you enjoy more i like punt punt better really yeah why it just it was punt is more not drawing up I would say kickoff return is pretty much drawn up where you have the wedge and you have to run off this certain block. But majority yeah. of the time, punt return is like catch the ball, do what you do. Punt returns, though, strike me as being very difficult in the sense that the opposing players are on top of you immediately. Immediately. And so, and, and I, I recall the Vikings had a guy, uh, Bobby Wade, back in the day okay. who returned punts. For Chicago, too. And he wasn't yeah, very good. Sure. But he could catch it. Right. And so the ability to actually catch and return punts right. is impressive because it's very easy to get hit, it fumble, easy. and you're in trouble, right? Right, right. That's that's the only thing about punt return is when you put somebody back there, they have to be fearless. You can't put a guy back there that just say he's fast and he can outrun everybody, but this guy has to have the, the balls to say, hey, I see a guy coming full head of speed. Could I time it up where I can catch it in an amount of time and make a miss at the same time? And that comes with ball skills. You have to have ball skills back there. You can't just put anybody back there. Yeah. And you have to understand the game, too. You know that in a situation where if the gunner sing it up, it's a chance that this that one-on-one battle, the opponent's going to win. If their guys are doubled, then that's when you had a mentality where I don't care how far he kicked the ball, how, how, how short he kicked it, I'm going to feel this one and go with it. So you have, you have to have the experience back there, and you have to have the the, the ball skills to do it. Yeah, Devin Hester is our guest here. Another couple minutes with Devin Hester on behalf of Pizza Hut. PizzaHut.com slash Hut Rewards to sign up for a chance to win free pizza. If uh, if somebody in any form breaks Devin Hester's all-time quickest touchdown record of 14 seconds or fewer uh, in the Super Bowl, what's uh, do you still root for the Bears? Are, are the yeah, Bears still? I, okay. I, I still pay attention to them. What's your state of the Bears address here? They got a new quarterback, you know, Mitch Trubisky and right. uh, it, coaching it, staff. What are your thoughts on the Bears here? Uh, they, you got to be consistent. You know, you, you can't pull quarterbacks out and put this quarterback in and can't be changing the quarterback during the season. You know, you have to stick with one and groom them. You know, it takes time in the league. Everybody's not going to walk in the league and and just go to the Super Bowl their first year. You have to groom them and prep them and, and give them that experience. The quarterback they drafted this year, to be honest, I felt like he really didn't have enough experience when it came to the game because he, he only played like 10, 11 games in yeah. his whole college career. So that was a big risk right there. You know, I think you when you draft a quarterback, you have to make sure that this guy at least played at least three, four, at least three years in, the, in college and really had that game repetition. And um, for him to draft a guy that, that only played 11, 12 games, now you, you have to stick with him now. Yeah. You draft him, stick with him, keep him in the ups or downs. You have to build that confidence in. That's, that's what quarterbacks need. They have to have confidence. See, I think back, and I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to get you to rip your quarterbacks from Chicago, but if you guys would have had, think about how lucky teams are to have an Aaron Rodgers for like 10 years or right. 
or you know a Tom Brady in New England. Imagine if you guys would have had for for the ten year stretch where the Bears had those defenses and Erlacher and you're you're the best return yeah. man in the NFL. If you had a dart throwing franchise quarterback, yeah. a Hall of Fame caliber guy, multiple Super Bowls probably. Man, that that team would have stuck around for a while. Yeah. Because at, at that my rookie year, man, I think we were so dominant on defense to where we was. I seen the veteran defensive guys taking out their shoulder pads and stuff at halftime. And that's unreal. Like, we was putting up 30, 40 points yep. and laying a goose egg. Like, that's unheard of. And we was consistently doing that at a, a week in, a week out. Like, we, I think my rookie year, we won like seven to eight games straight. Like, we were just crushing teams. And averaging man. like two return touchdowns and stuff every game. Either man. a punt return and an interception, right? Yeah. Be best return of your career, a kickoff or punt, and which one? I would say uh, Arizona punt return. Okay, T there's take us through it though. Like what? It was just, what is that it the special? Denny Green? That's the Denny Green. The Denny Green game. Yeah, we was we was down like maybe 23 points with yeah. like six yeah, or seven minutes left to go in the game. That's right. <laughs> and for us to fight back like that and and Brian Urlacher, the the, the the credible Hulk that he turned into, and then the script and the pickup school formula for Peanut Charles Tillman. Yep. And then shoot that punt return that I made that that happened, man. We. We really sold teams that year that, hey, Chicago ain't no team to be messing with, man. Yes. What's that, like, freaks out at the what's that like when you break free and you realize there's nobody left? They're all pursuing you, yeah. and you are and you look up at the Jumbotron uh -huh. and see all of the jerseys, and they're all behind you. Oh, what's yeah. that feeling like? Oh, so tired. <laughs> so tired now. Oh, it's a great feeling, man. It's a great feeling. Devin Hester on behalf of Pizza Hut. Again, if you want a uh, chance to win free pizza, if, if anyone breaks, unlikely that someone's going to break Devin's record, but hey, he, they're, they're ponying up if it happens. PizzaHut.com slash Hot Rewards uh, if you sign up before kickoff. Hey, good to meet you, man. Thank you. Yeah, great stuff. Appreciate the time. Enjoy. Well, glad you're out of the league tormenting the Vikings, though. <laughs> glad you're on the other side here. All right. All right, let's come back more with Mackie and Judd from Radio Row at the Super Bowl Mall of America. Help fight type 1 diabetes by joining 1500 ESPN and channels 5 and 45 at Mall of America on Saturday, February 24th for the JDRF One Walk. Join K Team KSTP co-captained by 1500 ESPN's Phil Mackey and Channel 5's Chris Eggert and Megan Newquist and help us raise money for type 1 diabetes research. For more details and to join the team, head to 1500ESPN.com keyword events. Together we can turn type 1 into type none. Mackie and Judd, live at Radio Row. We've just been informed that Mark Brunel is going to join the show here in a few minutes. And uh, superstar Mike Morris as well in the noon hour. What a week of guests. This it's been, been so fun. A lot of fun, The yes. video of Case Keenum, it was uh, it was brief. It was a six-minute, but we got in a lot of good stuff, and he gave us some good answers on the season and his future with the Vikings. So if you missed the Case Keenum interview from last hour or, I guess, earlier this hour, you can find it on Facebook.com slash 1500ESPN right now. Yep. The full video of it and uh, and high-quality audio, too. So Facebook.com slash 1500ESPN, Judley. And not once did, did he say, I am disappointed in the Vikings because they didn't consult with me at all. Right. Not once did he use the old A-Rodge line from yesterday. Right. So, no, he, uh, I definitely get the impression that the Vikings don't know what direction they're going to go. Case does not know. And uh, it, it's going to be a very intriguing offseason for a team coming off a 13-3 and record. Uh, yes. Yes, it will. And, uh, and, I, and there's I, Drew Brees right there. Just to your left, there's just Drew Brees. Yeah, there he is right there. The, this is like a bizarre the next, television the show. The next quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. This is like a dream. <laughs> yeah, I had this weird dream last night. I was doing a broadcast. I looked to my so left how many, and there's... How many, so far, I saw Carson Palmer earlier. 
let's count in our heads here. I All haven't right. seen Aaron Rodgers, but I know he's, he was here yesterday. Yep. Like, how many of the 32 starting quarterbacks are here? Let's see. Drew Brees is here. Kirk Cousins has Kirk been Cousins. here. We'll, we'll, Alex we'll, Smith, you saw. Alex Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Let me do a tally here. That's All right. four. Uh, Carson Palmer, I don't know if we counted him already. Russell Wilson is here. Drew Brees. Yep. yep. Um, Case Keenum, obviously. So you're at eight? Here. That's eight right there. You have the two I, starting in the Super Bowl. They stay at the Mall of yep. America. They do business. stay here, yeah. One I'm not sure they've the been down here, but yeah. That we've seen with our own two eyes. I have not seen Cam Newton. Nope. I have not seen... Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Matt Stafford. have not seen Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. Uh, Jim Kelly. He's not, in the, he's not in the league anymore, but... <laughs> Jim Kelly's been here. Jim Kelly wandering around. Yeah, it's just bizarre, though. You look around and you see odds are going to be good that you're going to see a guy who, who's probably, if not in the Hall of Fame right now, is going to be in eight years. Yeah, I, I think. It's been a cool experience. I think right now, Drew Brees, among current quarterbacks that are headed to the Hall of Fame, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady for sure, Ben Roethlisberger for sure, yeah. I would put Russell Wilson on that track. He's already got the Super Bowl, and he's putting up MVP caliber numbers. So I think he's on that path. I would draw the line somewhere. Like, I don't Eli Manning's on the fence, probably gets in because of the, the counting numbers and the two championships. Yep. Philip Rivers, twice. if he had a Super Bowl ring, you might put him in yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know category. if he gets in or not. But he's a... going to wind up with some of the greatest collective numbers of any quarterback in NFL history. He's in like, yeah. in that sort of second tier. I mean, he's going to wind up with better numbers yeah. than guys like Joe Montana, but but not with the same postseason or win-loss success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Matt Ryan, more of a more of an MVP. Yeah, he's not kind there of a guy, yet. but not a not a not a Hall of Famer. But the fact that there's like five or six guys you could put on that list for for Hall of Fame, real quick, and we can get into this more with Mike Morris. If Randy Moss isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, I'm done with the entire process. Yeah, they've got to blow done. it up. They've got to blow it up. Like there's, they, if you look at his resume, and I was going through this I this get, morning. I got news for you on this. The conversation should not be long either. Oh there, my there God! Should, no. There should not be. There should not be debate. There should be. We might not have liked him, but who cares? Yeah. This it, is this is one of those ones, Phil, where the writers have to put their personal feelings completely aside. It doesn't matter how you feel. Yeah. It is. Uh, his resume includes. Fourth all-time in receiving yards. He was third until Larry Fitz passed him earlier this year. Uh -huh. Second all-time in receiving touchdowns. And the closest active receivers that could potentially catch Randy Moss in receiving touchdowns are Larry Fitzgerald, who's 46 touchdowns away from him. No chance. He'd have to play four more years at an absurd level, probably five, to get to 46 touchdowns. And Brandon Marshall is the next closest. Mm -hmm. He's 74 touchdown receptions away from Randy Moss. My only question uh, for, for when the committee uh, gets together tomorrow to uh, start discussing this is, does Moss going in tomorrow keep T.O. out again? Because T.O. also should be Why in. Why can't they both just be oh, no, I, famous? Like, they should be. But what, I, but what I'm saying is there always seems to be this, yeah. well, we've kept him out this long, and now we're going to put Moss in. I think. I mean, I think they're both Hall of Famers, but if I had to only pick one to get in right now, pick Randy, Randy Moss. Moss. Here's more. Randy Moss also holds the single-season record for touchdowns by a wide receiver with 23. So he has Jerry Rice beat in that category. And if you're just going to go with – in fact, let's pause this conversation. Mark Brunel is going to join the show here live from Radio Row. Hey, Mark. Yeah, yeah, throw those headphones on. Are we going? Welcome we're go we're on. on. Here we go. We're hey, guys, how are you? Judd Zilgad. Hey, nice, nice to, to see meet you. Guys. Guys. Thanks for having me. In fact, well, uh, Thank we're, you. We're, so we're having this conversation. We say if Randy Moss, and we're, this is ESPN Twin Cities, so it's a Vikings audience that you're talking to here. Okay. 
the Hall of Fame committee, if they don't put Randy Moss in on the first ballot, we feel like you can blow up the committee. Um, oh. We feel like Terrell Owens should be in too. So you're in, you're in the fire here, Mark Brunell. Randy Moss, where do, where do you think he ranks all time? Like Jerry Rice is number one receivers. but Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I, I'll, I'll go so far as to say Randy should be in, and he should be in this year. Yeah. Uh, where he ranks, I'd have to put some thought to it. But, man, he's up there, right? He's up there. He was remarkable. Um, all that being said, I'm hoping I, Randy's great. Terrell's great. You wish everybody could get in. But this year, I want Tony Baselli in, my, my teammate. Yeah, and, uh, sure. and I know the Minnesota fans, they don't really care right now. No, but, fire uh, away. Yeah, but, um, I'm excited about his opportunity. And uh, so we'll see. You know, the, the Hall of Fame, it's not an exact science. There's always surprises. Some guys that should be in that don't or guys that you think, gosh, you know, how, how did he get in? They do. So it's you never know. It's hard to, hard to predict. Yeah. The, the receiver one is weird, too, Mark, because – it seems like because the rules have have morphed uh, to favor offense so right. much that now now the people that discuss this and vote are basically say, well, this receiver has great stats, but these stats were impacted by the era, and so the, the inexact science becomes even tougher, I believe, yes, because they can't decide what the stats mean necessarily. There's pros and cons to every guy. You know, you can make an argument for or against every guy, whether it's Randy or Terrell there's always going to be the other side of the coin. And so it isn't an exact science, you know. And and uh, uh, so and it's always always interesting, always interesting. But I, I, I will say it's hard to see the other side of the coin for Randy Moss. Yeah, I mean. Dude needs to be in, you <laughs> know. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm sure there's some out there. The yeah, but, <laughs> yes. yeah, but, you know, he wasn't a great teammate. Who cares? You know how many guys are in the, in the Hall of Fame right now that were Terrible teammates. <laughs> right, exactly. And Randy wasn't even that bad. He was right. a great personality. And, and, Just don't uh, murder anybody, okay? Like, well, that's don't not make a good thing. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to touch that. But, <laughs> but, uh, um, but, yeah, Randy should be in. No question. Uh, Mark, before we talk more football here, I want to give you a chance to. You're here at Radio Row and at the, at the uh, Super Bowl week festivities yep. on behalf of the After the Impact Fund Advocate. So tell the audience what you're doing. Uh, After the Impact Fund is, a, is an organization that provides resources and creates programs for simply guys that have been put harms in harm's way, whether it's on the battlefield or it's on the playing field. Military vets, former NFL players, first responders that have suffered uh, traumatic brain injury and those traumatic brain injuries that have affected their quality of life. And so after the Impact Fund does a good job of just providing funds to, to help programs that are really just helping these guys and their families get back on their feet. Uh, specifically in Jacksonville, we have an organization called the Eisenhower Center. The Eisenhower Center does that. Uh, right now we have uh, six to eight um, uh, former players. We have some, um, some first responders, some vets that are in the program just trying to improve their quality of life. And after the Impact Fund um, pays for that. They provide the resources to send these guys uh, into these programs. Cool. And uh, so it's really a, a good thing. A lot of guys are fighting for their lives. Guys that you know, played football, um, um, guys that were on the battlefield that, that uh, sacrificed so much for our country and their families, and yet uh, just trying to help their quality of life. And That's if, what they do. If this strikes a chord with you in the audience out there, if you want to donate or find out more info, afterthimpactfund.org. Afterthimpactfund.org is, uh, is the place to go. Um, so we're talking, I mean, the Vikings had a great season. They came did. up short. And so we're, our conversations are about quarterback right now. Sure. Because they don't have anybody under contract. We just had Case Keenum on the show like 10 minutes ago. And yeah. 
he looks so sad to be out here, by the way, because like it was almost a home Super Bowl. Right. Um, you know, how would you look at, I'll give you, you know, Case Keenum, the one great year he's had, Teddy Bridgewater coming off two years of being inactive, essentially. Kirk Cousins is a free agent. You know, where would you start if you're Rick Spielman and company? I, Look, I have no idea. That's, that's my decision. expert analysis right there. <laughs> one thing, you know. And they were 13-3, and three too. That's the remarkable thing yes, about this it's, conversation. It's, it's, uh, it's a good problem to have. I would say this. I'm going to go with a guy with the hot hand just this past season. I would. Yeah. Won a lot of games, burst onto the scene. Surprised some people, exceeded expectations. Um, that's where I start, you know. Um, and uh, then again, it's it's not e- it's not easy to do. Tough decisions to be made, but uh, uh, you go with the guy who's who's proven the most recently. Yep. That's 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 where I'm at. If you were to uh, uh, be put in charge uh, by a team of breaking down quarterbacks and scouting them and projecting them, where would you start? Because the the Inexact science of that, to me, is a remarkable conversation. It's so hard to find them, and it seems like so often we get fooled by them. You know, you sit down at the combine, and this kid's really smart, and you're thinking, this is the guy. And three years later, you're like, whoa, did we make a mistake? Where would you start? You you never know, because I, you know, let's say the kids at the combine, they all have the measurables. They're tall or fast. They have a a, a unique quality, great college career. Can throw a ball. They can throw a ball. They're smart, all this stuff. But the quarterback position... It's about that, but more importantly, it's about it's about what's between the ears and what's in your heart. You know, that's what separates you know a lot of guys. You know, uh, Tom Brady is a six-round pick. You know, uh, they said Drew Brees was well, you, too short. You were what a fifth-round? pick? I was a fifth-round pick, and so uh, it's really hard to measure. And it's you know to, to draft a guy in the first round is always risky. There are never you know very rarely are there sure things. Andrew Luck, uh, a sure thing. Uh, Carson Wentz, you would think, you know, everyone's real excited about him. But listen, Division One, Double A, Division Two, whatever he was. I mean, if I'm a guy, like, listen, I don't want a kid that played at North Dakota State. He's <laughs> yeah. never played anybody. Well, obviously, if that was me, I would have been wrong. So you never know. Um, it's really tough. I think it really comes down to, um, you know, really who you are. That's the position. Sure. Not as much what you can do, and that's and that's hard to evaluate. Yeah. So Mark Brunel is with us here for another about about two minutes, and then uh, Mark has uh, a lot of other things on his plate today too. But we want so Brett Favre was here for two years, and he's one of our favorite figures. In sure. Time. You got to have an early early in your career, mid '90s Brett Favre story from your time. Oh, I got tons. Like, give us a safe for the radio anecdote about that's early the thing. Brett Favre. There's there's nothing safe for the radio I have for you right now. <laughs> uh, I I'll tell you this. I'll tell you my biggest takeaway from Brett Favre, and, and I've got stories and stuff. I'd, I'd have to think for a while. But, but uh, you know, when I played with Brett in 93 and 94, uh, it wasn't the Super Bowl champion. It wasn't the league MVP. There were a lot of interceptions. There were a lot of touchdowns. He was like a gunslinger just going out there, um, just making mistakes and doing some good things. But, but anyway, I watched Brett Favre as a young player my, my first two years in the league, and I learned how the game is supposed to be played. Because even though it wasn't always pretty, he gave it everything he had. I mean, he played with such a passion, uh, mentally tough, physically tough. Even when things weren't going well, he competed. And I remember watching him thinking, you know what? If I'm ever going to make in this league, that's what I have to bring to the table. Uh-huh. That toughness, that competitiveness, that drive. And uh, it came as no surprise that he went on to you know, do what he did, one of the greatest to ever play the game. But uh, I think it starts with, with just how he approached the game and, and how he played when he was on the field. If you want to find out more about what Mark Brunel is doing to uh, to help 
uh, to help with soldiers, to help with former athletes. After the Impact Fund Advocate, afterTheImpactFund.org is the website. Thanks for stopping by. I enjoyed it, guys. Out here, Great man. to meet oh, you. Crazy. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it, guys. All Thank right, you Mark very Rinell. much. Superstar Mike Morris joins us next. Mackie and Judd, Radio Row.